Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sonderwave. Today, we are blessed with the man, the myth, the legend, the man who has charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, Ron. <laughs> and Ron is my manager, and he is my friend, and he is just a one-of-a-kind person, which you will see when you listen. He's just always so optimistic, smiley, always good vibes and our conversation is no different he talks a lot about being a flight attendant for a while online dating meeting his husband uh, and then just life lessons that he learned about coming out social media how he stays connected with friends and then he has a really cool story of just becoming an american citizen and what that whole process was like and he has such a great perspective when it comes to citizenship and just the whole experience around that that i think is really really beneficial for us to hear and so i can't wait for you guys to listen to it one little tidbit before we get started there's one phrase that i've been trying to remind myself more of over the last month and it revolves around giving yourself permission to change and giving yourself permission to change all the time and sometimes i just sit down and really just think about this idea of every day is different and therefore so am i i'm embracing the chance at newness and the chance of growth and i feel like when i give myself this open space to let go of any past thoughts about myself or past patterns that I was in and just allow myself to be with the person that I am in this moment and to really listen to my body and my mind and what it needs. I only then have I really started to find true just peace. And I think it's just because I'm not, you know, putting my foot down and dragging it. And instead, just allowing life to go. You know, I'm following the current instead of trying so hard to, to control it. I think too often we try to control the current, but really, it's going to go. And the best thing to do sometimes is just to pull in those oars and let the boat go. And that's what I've been learning. And I just wanted to share that. So let's get started <laughs> with the episode. Let's do a few deep breaths and then we'll do it. Here we go. Okay, my phone is on silent. husband is in the air, so he's not going to call me. Thank God. No Only the Republic of China can call uh, me at that time. Yes, that's Okay. Okay. You're excited. I am. I just don't know what is to expect. Is this your first audio podcast? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You do have to pick up a mic. <clears throat> oh, I need to hold it? Yeah. Like Madonna? Yeah, you get to. You can be Madonna. J-Lo. She lifted the 
apart. They said. What do you mean she lifted? Lifted like she lifts everyone up. They're all just levitating. <laughs> yes, like this. And they said that it was her tour gift, but she basically gave the gift to the audience. It was like what like, actual gift though? Phenomenal. Just her presence. Her presence, her songs, the performance. Her performance. They've never seen anything like that. I mean, we do have like all the big ones. I mean, Bon Jovi was performing three days ago. Who? Bon Jovi. Oh, jo- Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. <laughs> what was the other thing you said today? Where's like, What'd you say? <laughs> my accent. I, my, of course. Like, the beautiful Israeli accent. Yes. And Sammy said that my accent is gone. No. No, before I was like... Was it ba- more harsh? I almost said bad. It's not you bad. You said bad. <laughs> I didn't mean bad. Um, it was more obvious, but since I'm talking English at work, yeah. at home, everywhere I talk English, speak English, so it's like my... The way I talk changed, and sometimes when I speak Hebrew, people in Israel tell me, oh my God, you have like an American accent in Hebrew. And I was like, what? They said, your Hebrew is different. It's like you have this, I don't know how to Do your parents think that? Do they notice the difference? Because we're talking so much, so they don't pay pay attention. Probably didn't notice. Yeah, they didn't notice. Move this, that it's not gonna fall, make a noise. It won't fall. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Hi. Did we start already? We're going. That was on? It was on. Don't worry. I'm not going to put all of it. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very streamlined thing. Okay. Just start, and then that's what it is. Fantastic. I love it. I, I knew you would. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Ronald so- the Honald. You yes. You're not a Ronald. I'm not a Ronald. You're just There's a Ronald. There's only one person that used to call me Ronald. Is one of my previous bosses in um, when I worked for the Hyatt. And he, oh, he knew that it's not my name, but he just, he that was it? my nickname for him. Did you like it? Or was it, did was, he say it to fine. be mean? No. Oh. But I knew I'm in trouble usually when he called me like that. Oh, Ronald? Yes. Did he really do that? He did. Yikes. But that's fine. Did you ever I, tell him I knew that he likes me, but he was just. <laughs> did you have, because when I think of Ronald, I think of Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. Did you have Ronald McDonald over in, this is a silly question, but in Israel? Or was we it do. an American thing? It's an American thing, but when McDonald's came to Israel, that was like in the new millennial. Millennial? Millennium? Like 2000? Yeah, after 2000. It came after 2000? Yeah, we didn't have McDonald's before that. Did they have a big we used celebration to have, when McDonald's Oh my God, came? you need to stand in line. You had securities. And they opened up in a big mall in, t- in Ramat Gan, actually. And that was like the place to go. Do they do that thing? Because I know Chick-fil-A does this when they open new buildings where if you wait outside and you're the first, I don't know, like 100 people, you get a certain amount of free meals know. for a year or something. No. They didn't do that? No. I mean, we used to have something that was similar to uh, McDonald's. It's called um, Burger Ranch. Burger Ranch. Burger Ranch. Hmm. Best fries ever. Are they like I normal love it. That fries? Was like, that was like the Israeli version of it. It still exists. They still have it all over. Uh, but when McDonald's opened, that was like the big thing because, you know, Israeli loves the U.S., love America and everything that is an American. They, they love it. it. They just will be the first one. When they open Gap in Israel, you have lines like Disneyland. Like people going to Disneyland. To get in the gap? To get 
to get Gap those store, wicked good deals. To get into Gap store when they opened first Gap in, I think it was in Tel Aviv. Wow. Like security and cameras and, you know, like access Hollywood kind of thing. And they were like there and it was like, that's Gap. Wow. Chill. Did you watch, a, did you know a lot about American culture growing up? I did. Um, I was always fascinated with that. What part was, of it? The whole thing, I mean, it, for us in Israel, when I grew up, we had only one channel on TV. It was one channel. And usually we had Israeli stuff, which you got used to it, but when you had like Dynasty. Yes, Days or, of Our Lives. Or Dallas. Mm. I was like, wow. And then we had two channels, and then I got Neighbors. But Neighbors was, I think, an Australian one. Oh, one I've heard Kylie, of Neighbors. With Kylie Minogue. I think a lot of celebrities kind of made their way through that, haven't they? Yes. Didn't like the Hemsworth brothers kind of do it? Right. And so Margot Robbie, when we I had think, did it. like one channel, you don't have a lot of options. No. Um, but then I really, really like it. But then I will tell you later on how I start finding a lot of more stuff about the U.S. and the American culture when I, I start traveling later on. I think it's interesting for American people to hear about what it's like like um, what American culture is seen as uh, overseas. It always looked like white, rich people. This is the way we saw it. Was that the stereotype? That was of the America? stereotype. Did you have jokes white, about America? No, I don't think we did. No. But it was like the white, rich people. So we always used to say the uncle from America. We, the uncle from America going to come over. He's going to give you gifts and you're going to do that. And you going to America, if you went to America, you made it. It's like you are wow. the one. You mm -hmm. probably have like a really nice house. A mansion. Like a mansion. Butlers. Yes. yes. All those a things. pool. That was the conception wow. of what people thought. Hmm. Um, and when I came to the U.S. for the first time, I remember I was like, I came uh, visit New York. I think that was the first time that I was shut up for two days. My mom told me, you just didn't talk for two days. I was like, why? She said, oh, you always look like up in the skies to see the tall buildings and wow. the city that never sleeps. Mm -hmm. I was very fascinated about that. How old were you? <clears throat> that was in 99. Um, 23. Okay. It was like a family vacation? Yeah, it was a family vacation. We went to Orlando first. Uh, with Disney? my sister and nephews, my parents. Yeah, so we did the whole Orlando attractions and adventure for a week. Then we came to New York, stayed there for a few days, and then we went to um, the Niagara Falls. Wow. Yeah. And then um, after that, I, I was always into travel, mm -hmm. and I decided I want to be a flight attendant. I was going to ask if that prompted you to... Yes. See I like, more. I can travel the world and get paid. If it's free, it's for me. That's right. I'll take it. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Thank you. That was the best job I've ever had, and I will go back anytime. I want to hear all about it. So, what? How old were you when you did when you started being a flight attendant? In 2000, so 24. So you went right after almost that trip you yes, did it? Yes, like a year later. Um, the thing is that I, I wasn't accepted for the first time because my English was not 
that good. Oh. They require. Do you have to take a test? Yes, you do. It's a full day of. Um, it's all kinds of tests on computer. Then you do tests in writing, and then you have uh, an English teacher that talk to you. Uh, in English, you need to have some kind of conversation, and after that, uh, you sit down with some um, group of people from the company that they are interviewing. Uh, but I didn't make that on the first day mm. because I didn't pass the English test. Wow. So I was so, I really wanted, I really, really wanted. I was like, I want to travel the world. So I, uh, I took a Berlitz class for six months. What's that? A Berlitz? Uh -huh. uh, it's an um, it's international school for teaching languages. Mm. So I did that for six months and I put a lot of effort and when I came back, I knew what exactly I wanted to tell her. So I passed the first test and then I came and I, she asked me, oh, I remember you. I was like, yeah, after this last time I went to Berlitz, I studied for six months. She said, okay, you passed. Uh, <laughs> she even didn't ask me anything because I was thinking about that sentence, what I'm going to tell her. And she realized if you went to Berlitz, you cannot make it. That you what? That I'm gonna make it. Oh yeah, yeah. So I did pass that test with her. Later on, I passed all of them. You said to tell them something? That was that? I needed to, it's like a conversation. You, a you, need to, you just talk to her. Oh. Like a very simple conversation. She just want to see if you understand. Yeah. How's your language? And then you did it. And I did it. What was, the, what was your favorite part about being a flight attendant? What was your least favorite part? Um, Besides traveling the world. Okay. I know where you're going with it. Um, my favorite part of it that I was actually was able to escape from reality. Um, I knew I was gay since I was 13, but I was in a closet. Mm -hmm. And I know there was this stereotype about flight attendants that they're gay or not. It didn't matter to me because I was in a closet back then. And that was my option to go and travel the world and experience what I wanted to experience without no one knowing or judging me because it's abroad mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about it later this is how I actually met my husband mm -hmm. so that was definitely a big part of traveling the world because I did experience a lot of men a lot of people it's not just about sex it's about Meeting people, it's about traveling, exploring, discovering. Because um, you would get to stay places yes. for days, right? Right. And just so you can stay. I used to have stays like from regular overnight, usually in Europe, or if we went to the Far East or North America or South America, we used to stay between three to five, even seven days, depends. Um, you just have like. On the flight. And then you have the freedom to do whatever you want. Be you amazing. get the transportation, you get the hotel, you get, yeah, some hotel even provide us like breakfast or whatever. And you just go have fun with your friends. You go out, you party. Um, Would it be with the same people most of the time? Or eventually no, you just mean, kind you, of got to know everyone? Because when you travel the world on every flight, you can have different flight attendants. Uh, most of the time we would be, most of the people will be at the same age range. So we all like 24 to probably 30. So 
you ever get yep. like did you ever not get along with someone like really aggressively you talking about sex no 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 just like did you is there because i'm sure you got along with pretty much everyone you worked with yes was there any like one person that whenever they came on you're like mm -mm, oh i'm not I'm, working with them yes oh hell yeah <laughs> there's like crazy people there is like every other place you have crazy people especially um we get along with everyone as the flight attendants but the persons are definitely older very old style it was sometimes it was really hard to get along with them mm -hmm. and when we saw those names on the list we were like oh i'm calling out today <coughs> unless the I'm trip sick. was like something that you don't want to give up because mm -hmm. it was really productive or it's a destination that you haven't been and you really want to go yeah so you're like mm, that's fine i'm gonna suffer for eight hours but then i have like five days i can have fun that's and how long did you do it for for six years Yes. You, how how many countries did you go to? Or countries? Yeah. Oh, do we have time? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how many countries I do. You went all over the I world. Think, I think there is like forty. I can say. Wow. Yeah, forty countries uh, that have been at six continents out of the seven. That's Just for not sure. Antarctica. Yes, yeah. I don't think I'm ever gonna visit there. Do you want to? Only if they're gonna open a WeWork. <laughs> that was amazing the delivery was great uh what was it so that was the best part what was the worst part um the worst part is that after a few days and working with the same people together sometimes you just need to say goodbye and not necessarily going to see those people again. Mm. It was really hard to stay in touch with everyone because every flight you create connections, you're working with people. It's really a teamwork on the flight. Sometimes you see like one person working the aisle, but you don't know there are, there are so many other people working behind the scenes, like people working in the kitchen, people working in the, at the front and uh, the business class and first class and uh, the, your other friends are working in the other aisle and you create great connection and then you like, okay, do I want to be alone on that trip for like four or five days or I will create connections and we can enjoy and go together. So you don't know the people, but you go out with them to a restaurant and then you wake up in the morning and you call them, let's go shopping. And then in the evening, let's go out and dancing. And then they become your best friend. And after five days, you don't see them again. Yeah, that would be tough. But you need to be open for it. I have so many friends that until today, and I'm talking about 19 years later, they are my best friends and they're still coming here to LA and because they're still working for the company and we still meet and we talk and we chit chat on the phone and FaceTime and they're coming over and they're staying and we travel the world together and the, the connection that you have with that person, it's something so different than just to go to work, work mm -hmm. with some person and then go home. Yeah. It's a different relationship. That is it. I'm surprised they stuck. I wouldn't think that those types of relationships would stick. There is always like, you know, the people that you know, and that's it. But there is the people that they are your best friend. Yeah. And there is more to that because maybe you're living close by or you have um, similar hobbies or something like that that you like. So you get connected and then you try to switch trips and work together on the same flight 
or you see each other at the destination, you leave everyone and like, I don't care about my, the people for my flight. Mm -hmm. I want to be with my friend. Yeah. Uh, so it takes time until you build your, your clicks. Yeah. Your group, your crew. Yes. Yeah, my crew. Literally. <laughs> your flight crew. <laughs> yeah. Can you and still do that? Build, and sometimes you build a flight crew. There is like special flights that there is someone, um, purchasing a flight for a company or something like that. Oh, so you can form a group of people that would, and that would have been so fun. Oh my God. We, I did it before I did mm -hmm. it once. Um, I was chosen to do one of the prime minister, uh, Ariel Sharon from Israel mm -hmm. and I did his flight from Tel Aviv to DC. I was very, very special, uh, to be, you know, to be chosen to work on the prime minister flight. Well, it's something crazy. How many people were on the flight? Do you remember? I mean, it's his all his entourage that comes with him. And then in the back of the plane, you have all the media. So the media right. is always traveling with the prime minister whenever he goes. And of course, he came here. He met, I think it was Clinton, if I'm not mistaken, because... No, it was Bush. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Bush. Bush. Was... Yeah, it was Bush from 2000, 2006 was Bush. Yeah. Yeah. And we stay in D.C., which I've never stayed in D.C. before. That was the first time. Um, we don't have that destination as a destination that the company flies. So it was very New exciting. York? No, D.C. Oh, D.C. Right. Because you guys only went to New York, right? With um, your flight? Yeah, so New York is like number one destination uh, for El Al, which yeah. is the Israeli airlines. El Al. El Al. El Al. And then you have, um, right now you have Miami and uh, LA and uh, they just do San Orlando. Francisco and Las Vegas and I think the Chicago. Chicago yeah all the main ones yeah now Jordan was oh, saying oh Boston oh Boston 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 Jordan one of our other coworkers, was saying that when she was a flight attendant people would bring them candy to almost butter them yes. up. Did that happen with you too? No, they're Israelis. They don't <laughs> do that. They just go and sit. <laughs> they're like, mm -mm. no. You get nothing they just from go, me. <laughs> sit, and if you find them, they're gonna come with an excuse. Uh huh. Um, I know, and I, I, I saw it um, in few of my flights that people like bring candies and try to um, be a favorite of the flight attendants in mm -hmm. case they need to move someone and that. It's not really working in our day. Everything is computerized. They know exactly who is on the flight, who is not. They don't provide meals. Back in the day, airline used to put like so much meals on the flight. Now, if there is like ten, sol ten seats sold in business class, this is what they're going to bring. Mm -hmm. If you drop something, that's your problem. <laughs> now you need to deal with it. Um, so it's really hard to upgrade. And sometimes if you upgrade during the flight, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Um, you have now a lot of uh, companies that have all kinds of mileage uh, programs. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people ahead of you that gonna get that desired desired seats, mm -hmm. and um, it's not happening that often. So the chances that you're gonna bring someone a candy and you're gonna upgrade you for a seat that costs five thousand dollars, probably so. not. Probably not. Probably not. What's your maybe you're gonna get an alcohol? <laughs> yes, some, some you can have a wine. vodka. Yes. Vodka. And uh, what, what's your worst – when you if someone were to ask you what was the worst uh, – I want to call them clients, but not clients. Um, like flying experience with someone on the flight. What 
um, what do you drunk think people, of? when they get drunk, it's really hard to control people on the plane. You don't have a lot of space. And if they're making noise, they're making noise to 200 people around them. So um, it's not that you have security on board. Yes, you do have the... Um, the secret people. The sec- what do they call? Yeah, them? I mean, every country they call them in a different name, like um, like a chief or whatever it is called. Security. And they're on guy. every flight. Yes. Every single flight, every wherever single you go. Every single flight, wherever you go, you have security. But they're gonna be, they're not gonna reveal themselves unless mm. this is like a life-threatening terror attack. Yeah, you wouldn't know unless no. something happened. They will never do anything because sometimes that could be a distraction. Mm-hmm. And if someone is just drunk, it's just drunk. Uh, you have the flight attendant, the flight manager, you have the captain to decide what do you want to do. If it's going to be that serious, they will land the plane on the closest airport and police going to wait for them downstairs. Did that happen ever? It never happened to me. Mm. Um, actually, we had someone on board which I told everyone that I feel that he's extremely drunk and he was drinking probably the whole duty free before he boarded. it. And it was like, oh no, he's gonna be okay, he's gonna fall asleep, he's gonna fall asleep. By the time we got to the runway, luckily he did something like stupid and then we decided to go back to the gate and leave him back. Oh, okay. Which is much better than take off. Turn around. Turn around, you lose a lot of fuel and if you need to come, you need to land. It's like it's a full process. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit more complicated. Did you ever have any close call uh, accidents in planes? N- not close calls in like life threading, but I did have like crazy turbulence. Um, any that you were really scared? Oh, yeah. There was a flight that I thought that that's it. It's we are done. Really? Yeah. Because of turbulence? Way. Yeah. It was bad, bad, bad weather. Um, across the Atlantic and you feel that the plane just didn't stop moving like up and down and making noise like it's falling apart for like hours like hours the whole time from London to to Canada all this time and it's like seven hours or something like that and it's all it's, over open ocean too it's, there's nothing you can do no and yeah. you guys probably have to sit then too right oh you yeah can't... we sit down the whole flight I mean, usually at that time you don't have service or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's supposed to sleep. They didn't really work. A lot of people throw up. Oh yeah. I don't know if you want to hear about that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, tell us all the juicy details. No, but it's something that also happened that was very very scary. Uh, flight from Tel Aviv to uh, Thailand. Above India, there's always like a lot of uh, unstable. The air is not really stable over there. And winds we get a lot or winds pressure it's called uh, uh, air pockets it's mm, called the tu- mm-hmm. that causes the turbulence and we were serving breakfast and the airplane just dropped I don't know how much but it just dropped and I was in the front of the airplane facing back because I was in the first class and I saw you know like you see like in the matrix that it starts moving kind of slowly mm-hmm. and everything is in the air yeah. everyone's arms for are a like long a long time and then it was like Phew, boom like did everything. you fly up to oh, everyone if you were if you were sit, standing up and of course there's a line for the bathroom because were you standing I was standing I was doing my morning service you saw all the milk cereal oh, coffee tea juices <laughs> omelets 
it just not the omelet. Everything reached the ceiling. It was like yeah, omelet stuck to the ceiling. I saw people like flying through the cabin on the doors, and it, it was like really like a hurricane just hit us. It was a mess. That would be terrible. And screaming and that. And it's not a comfortable thing to go through because, and then you need to put the face that everything is okay. It was just wind. You just smile with milk dripping smile, down your face. Yes, You're like, huh? That everything is okay. And um, everyone is looking at you at all times. So yeah. the way you feel, the way you act, That's a lot customer, of pressure. the customer is going to do, going to act very similarly. That's a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's fine. I went to Thailand and got massages. <laughs> <laughs> like it's okay. I got massages. Yeah, I mean that that was the point. That was why we went there. That's right. I the Thai to, massages. I I used to call ahead of time. Did you really and schedule my massages? It was like a deep a, body one. I had. Um, I didn't let them to do the happy ending. I was not into that. No. Okay. Not into happy ending. Um, but, Only sad endings, huh? Only sad endings, yeah. It was. I was very happy without that happy. Yeah, uh, right. God knows how many. Do most massage places? Is it? Is the stereotype it, true? Where in Thailand, is, all massage places, you can probably get a I little some some like on the side. Ninety-five percent of the places, including the exclusive ones, mm. as I say, the shishi fufu ones. Uh, yes. <laughs> but um, at the beginning, I went to the slutty one because I didn't know anything better and it was really cheap and I'm sure people recommended it too and yes it was like oh my god it's so cheap and they're doing such a good job no and then I found out that it was like a really nice place it was like a villa in the middle of the city and uh, I used to go there they knew me already mm-hmm. I used to call them schedule my day so I knew in the morning I do like my foot massage later on the body massage later on I have the face massage and at the, it was the and whole, at night the whole packet the whole uh, package and then it was like $40 maybe. It was really ridiculous. And it was like high class massages you can ever get. $40, that'd be amazing. It was crazy cheap. And then it, now after that, dinner and party. Thailand is a crazy party. Place. I've heard. Party, party, party. Do you recommend people to go there? Oh, it's number one destination. Really? For me. When was the last time I, you've I been back? Request, I used to request every schedule. You can request one destination that you want to go. Bangkok. <laughs> Bangkok was my first destination all the time. Every time. Every time. Now, back to the massage thing. Do they, how do they, do they ask you? Like if you, for so the happy ending situation, yeah, it's not like on their menu. It's do they like the lean menu. over at some point and they're like, no, they're like just... Do they wait for the client to ask in a way? No, they're very pushy about it because oh, this they is are. how they get their tip. Oh. So think about all your body have oil. Mm-hmm. And then they're like touching your leg and touching your balls kind of thing. And then, no. oops, they're touching your... Wow. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. You can you can say it. Oh, they touch your dick. Yeah. And you're like, no, don't touch it. It's mine. So you have to tell them no. So they'll just do and it automatically. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. Happy ending. And I was like, no happy ending. No, thank you. I go happy ending by myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't need you. Because then I need to pay a double than what I pay for the massage. It's smart on their end. Because I'm sure most people are like, okay. No. No? No. 
Oh, no. No, no, no. You don't want that. I don't. No. So, um, yeah, they don't ask. They just tease you. And I felt those some places were like, you go to do a massage to relax. Mm-hmm. And I felt so stressed at all times. I would too. And then you're not enjoying it. So what's the point? Mm-hmm. So instead of paying $5, I pay 30 40 But that's fine. That's I still felt, so cheap. I hurt. felt like a, a rich king in Thailand at all times. They're I like bringing you water and treats. Oh, you get like a full grapes. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thailand is the place. But it's I really go. crazy. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy because there is a feeling of, you feel that this is the Far East. But it feels like New York. But then again, they have their own culture. It's like a big mishmash of a lot of things. And it's just, you feel that it's crazy. I love to eat on the street. Like, Did I'm you ever not, get sick I'm not from eating on the street? No. They have like, it looks like a fishbowl. And mm-hmm. then they have like dim sum inside. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And then they also have like the big pan. And they making something that looks like a pancake. Mm-hmm. But it's called banana loti. It's like a pancake with uh, coconut uh, coconut milk, uh-huh. Nutella, and the sliced banana, fresh banana inside. And then they kind of close it and deep fry it. Uh, and Sammy always told me that it feels like it's like um, engine oil. Yes. But I was like, I don't care. I don't care. That and then they slice it. so to, good. It's delicious. Do they put anything on top? Oh yeah, they oh. put they put like the coconut uh-huh. uh, milk and they put some like uh, powder, sugar powder. That sounds so good. It is good. Have you tried to make it at home? Oh, there's no way I can do it. <laughs> You're like, I'll just get it when I'm. I'll there. just get it when I'm there. And he was like staring at me, like, "How dare you eat on the street?" And you're like, oh, it's "Sorry, it's good." Ever. As you're licking your fingers. Oh my god! After I touch the whole street, but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. No. At that point, he said, "I have um, stomach for metal." You probably do after <laughs> eating all these places. The best. Did um the people when you were working in the airlines? Did you tell people you were gay? No. Okay. So I was really in a closet during that time. I didn't. Did you like feel... have boyfriends or? Oh. I had boyfriends. <laughs> oh, let me tell let you. Let me tell you about it. So I had boyfriends back home in Israel. Mm-hmm. So that was good for me. Because like growing up? Or not growing up, but like in high school? Or was it like after high school? No, after I, um, after I even finished the army, after um, I'm done with that. Um, so I had boyfriends for a year, for six months. Uh, it was very comfortable because they were in the closet as well. So nothing to worry about that. Where would you meet them? Online. Okay. Everything was online. It was just easier. What was online back then? What did that look like? <laughs> like this. Yeah. <laughs> was a website like a was it like a eHarmony type thing except not eHarmony? It was more like Dick Harmony, but it was <laughs> I like was gonna say G- except less classy, but <laughs> I don't. It was the J date on the gay version. Yeah, yeah okay. it was J date. No, it's for Jewish. Oh. <laughs> J date. Yeah, noted. The gay version. The gay version of J date. Yes. So it was the Jewish gay date. Yes. Gay date. J date. <laughs> What was your profile like? Did you use your real name? 
Hell no. What was your pseudo name? Do you remember? Of course I remember. What was it? Sexy Danny. No! <laughs> <laughs> You literally put sexy Danny as yeah, your name. Yeah, Danny is my best friend. That is the best. So I used that, and I think I used it Did on you use your all picture? my apps. I didn't have a full picture, probably a body picture. And then only after Just I felt comfortable, because after I felt comfortable with the person, I did share all regular pictures. Uh-huh. Because I knew that, especially in the airline industry, there was a lot of gay. Um, and I didn't want to kind of expose myself in case... This yes. is someone that I know and I didn't feel comfortable about, and they're all very chatty. Because you do sit on the plane for 13 hours and you need to have a conversation, and I didn't know my name woke him up. <laughs> That's smart. Oh, I know, I did that. Sexy Danny. Sexy Danny. That's great. Yeah. How many, so how many people did you meet through there? You're asking me how many people I slept with. No, honestly, no. Like, how many boyfriends did you have through that? Oh, boyfriends? I mean, if you want, if you want to say how many people you slept boyfriend, with. Boyfriend, boyfriend, I had two through that app. Was it more, what was the vibe of the website? Was it more of like a grinder type of thing now? Or more like a hinge where you're actually looking for boyfriends? Or is it you're looking to get down to clown? Exactly. Down to clown. Okay. Yes. People were looking for hookups. Yeah. Sometimes... You stay, sometimes you leave. Mm-hmm. And see what's going to happen. Okay. I think that's the right way to do it. Sure. You meet someone, you, you like of... them, you go out to a bar, you go to a movie, you that's go it. this, you go that, and then by the time you get Dating. to that, oh my God, it's not good in bed. I'm going to skip. Uh, and that's <laughs> too late. Thank you, next. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you, next. Um, and then after those two, I actually met my next boyfriend on a flight. Was he a flyer or was he a worker? He was a flyer. Hello. Definitely. Do you remember what row he was in? No. Okay. (laughs) But he was definitely in the middle. And um, he, when I was walking on the GDP card, he he put uh, a note in my pocket. He literally pushed his hand through my pocket to put a note. That's so sexy. We, he just not, did not stop calling for water at all times. That's so romantic in a way, too. I mean, it's... Some people got to call it harassment. <laughs> I, I mean, it would be if you weren't into it. But Oh, yeah. I was into it since the moment he uh, came up the stairs and I gave him the morning news or whatever it was. What's the morning news? The, um, a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, we had a great eye connection. I was like, oh, he's a tourist, is that? But then um, he was talking, uh, he was speaking Hebrew a little bit, broken Hebrew. He is. And um, you're probably swooned from that. You're like, he's speaking Hebrew. He is a Jewish Argentinian, live in Miami, and he had this Latino kind of look. Everything. Uh, <laughs> So you're getting hot. Yes, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> and you dated him. Yeah, so kind he came of. to Israel. We, you know, for a week his family lives there, and then we dated for like six months when I used to come to New York. He lived in Miami. We did the back and forth kind of thing. Mm. But it didn't work because he was extremely jealous. Oh. Extremely jealous. Could not trust me uh, for anything. And I was like, it doesn't worth it. It's not, and it was it's, long distance. It's a long distance. And if you don't trust me on long distance, so 
I don't think it's the right fit. No. And that came in a perfect timing because uh, I think like a month after we broke up, I met my husband. Where'd you guys meet again? We met online. Oh, yeah. Was it the same website? We met on Gaydar. Even better. I don't know if it exists. <laughs> Did you also use the name Sexy Danny? Oh, yeah. Oh, always Sexy Danny? Yes. Does Sammy ever call you Sexy Danny? Never. Oh, okay. Because he you knows Danny. Oh, he knows the <laughs> real Danny. <laughs> Did he use the, a real name, Sammy? Oh, I have no idea. Mm. That was 14 years ago. Long time ago. You know. When dinosaurs used to walk on Earth. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> yes, 14 years ago. Yes. I was 15 then. Yes. So, um, like I said, that was we met for a hookup, and I basically when when I was in New York for a long weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, he invited me to stay, and I stayed for four days, and I uh, didn't go, came back, went back to the hotel. What were you thinking that after was you the, left? The beginning. Uh, that was like a love on first sight. That was amazing. After those four days, what were you thinking? Oh my God, I found my Italian styling. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. I really fall in love. I'm not falling in love that fast, but there was such a phenomenal connection between us mm-hmm. that um, I just didn't want to go home. You it to never happened home. to me that I stayed with someone for four days just for the first time that I've met them. Mm-hmm. I mean, for both of us, it was like this love from first sight and the connection and everything that we like to do and everything that we love to do and um, we have so much in common and yeah that's really sweet it's 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 an amazing story and uh, we do love each other and respect each other and support each other and we we've been through so much for the last 14 years mm. uh, not not relationship wise because um, the relationship is very very stable more on uh, visas and passport and college and work and and you know and injuries and there's a lot of other things that we've been through I mean mm-hmm. like every other couple but I think because we had um, the the green card, passport, passport, things like that issue, situation, it was a little bit more hard than a regular couple that just meet and live their life. Mm-hmm. After those four days, when was the next time you saw him then? Um, I think at the same month, um, he took a trip, I think, and he came to Tel Aviv because he's a flight attendant as well. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, we did the back and forth kind of thing and it was easier for me to come to New York because with the company that I worked with it was like five six flights a day mm. so it was very easy to go to New York mm-hmm. mm. and then so when did when did you guys make it official after how long after you met him I think it's happened after two months that because we don't see each other a lot Mm-hmm. Most of the time we were talking on the phone, um, on a regular phone. 
I was gonna, I, I was gonna ask how you communicated. I don't want to say back then, but was it just phone? On the phone, emails, or, mes- or messages on um, text messages. We done that as well because he was traveling and I was traveling. So sometimes he was like in South America and I was like in yeah. Asia. And you can't really talk. It was I'm talking about the beginning of 2000. He didn't have that international no. internet, Mm-mm. phone call stuff. Really, just, not even texting a lot. We back used to then. have was... texting, sexting. Texting, yes, yes, both, both, yes. Oh, and then when did you move? Because then you moved to New York, right? But was that how many years? Was that years later, or was that pretty quickly after that? There's a lot before that. Oh, my ears are open. Oh, okay. So, um, three months after we we dated, um, I decided to come out. Oh, was he out to his family? Oh, yes. Okay. He, had he been out for a while? Yes. Okay. And, um... Oh, what was that like for you to... When you decided that you were going to do... Like, to come out? What was that I like? I felt that I have the support that I needed in case something happened. Okay. Did you think something would happen? Oh, I thought something would happen. Really? I thought the world going to collapse. Mm. Which... I prepare myself for so long and I'm so happy I was wrong. I was so wrong. Mm. But it came on my terms and my the time that I wanted to do it. Yeah. The time that I felt comfortable and secure and the time that I felt that the time has come. And that's when it should happen. Right. That was the same for me as well. We both came out later. You were yes. 28. Yes. And I was 26, yeah. Yes. And it's fine. Every time have the, everyone have their own time to do whatever they feel it's right for them. Mm-hmm. Back then, I didn't feel it was okay for me to do it earlier. I didn't feel that I have the support that I needed in case something happened. Um, Did you always think you would come out eventually? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, but I was just kind of waiting for the right guy to say, okay, now it's the time to do it. Yeah. And uh, luckily, I was wrong because my parents uh, welcomed me with open arms and they said that they love me and it doesn't matter um, for them. And um, I'm, I'm their son and I'm still, I am who I am. And they love me the way they always love me. What made you think that it was going to go so poorly? Um, I think because, you know, Raised in Israeli Middle Eastern family, uh, have a lot of um, traditional. Yeah, we had a lot of traditional. I don't. We're not religious, mm-hmm. uh, like Yamaka and all those things. Yeah. But um, you know, keeping the holidays and kosher and things like that, and the way I was raised, and family is very protective, and I mm-hmm. thought that. Um, because of that, they're not gonna like it, or they gonna try to not change it. But I, I had a, so many thoughts in my head mm-hmm. that I didn't know what to expect. But I had the total opposite experience, which is amazing. What a relief! It was a relief, and they saw that you know I didn't want to lie for so many years, and mm-hmm. I carried so much just being gay in the closet 
I needed to build so many, to lie so many times. Yeah. Just to make sure that no one knows what I'm doing and where I am and how long and who am I and mm-hmm. where I'm going and who I'm dating, who I'm not dating, what do I do on my layovers? All those mm-hmm. things needed to have so many lies on lies on lies, which they're not deserved because they are amazing people. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to protect myself. Exactly. It wasn't against them at it all. It wasn't was only... in a mean way. It no. was just to kind of more on the protecting. Mm-hmm. But when I came out to my, first I came out to my sister um, in a restaurant on her <laughs> birthday. Did you plan it or did it just oh, feel? Oh, I planned it. <laughs> You're like, guess what? On your birthday. And we were crying. Your gift like is my gayness. <laughs> Oh, we were crying like two little girls because she was like, she said that she knew at all times. She was just waiting for me to say it. Mm-hmm. And that was like, you know, speak louder when someone knows something, but give you the time um, to did do you, it your way. Did you say you had girlfriends at any point or? Oh, I never had girlfriends. It's like, I'm just dating everyone. It's just, I had fun. Did your, but you did, did your family ask you if you had girlfriends or? No. Okay. They do have many girlfriends, like, because as a flight attendant also, it's like I have a lot of girls around Yeah, me. they're probably like, yay. Oh, probably partying. Yeah. I did. Which is not with the girls. Yes. Well, with the girls, but. Uh, and then after that, I told my parents, um, then my brother. And then that week after I felt the relief and I've been, I felt accepted uh, for who I am. I called maybe 15 friends of mine. Wow. And I told them we need to meet at this coffee shop at that day at that time. And I have something I need to share with you. They had no idea what's going on. They didn't know everyone is invited and everyone is like walking. Oh, everyone came at once? Oh, yes. Oh, I thought you did it individually. What do you think? (laughs) You're going to throw a party? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm going to send you a Google calendar invite. I'm so happy you're all here. Do you so like I have ting your glass? Ding, ding, ding. No. I just said I had something to share. And they were like, didn't have any idea what the hell is going on. And I was like, I just want to let you know that I'm gay and I'm out and I have a boyfriend and he lives in, the, in New York. Did their mouths just like drop? Oh, yeah. That was a scene. But I think that 99.9 was very open and very, you know, receptive for for everything that mm-hmm. that happened, and they were very happy for me because I was very happy for them at every step of the way for everything they did, and mm-hmm. then, you know, celebrating in their parties, in their weddings, and you know, they wanted the best for me as well. One friend was a little bit on the defense side, and I cannot blame him for that because. We were so close, and all the stories I told him about girls was basically about guys. So he felt a little bit kind of cheated about all the relationship that we had. Sure. And but it took him a while. Kind of, he said he needed to kind of process process it. He needed to kind of settle in, and we met after that, just us, and and he's still one of my best friends and. Feel very comfortable, and you know, I I understand where he's coming from because he feel that all oh, our relationship was not the way he thought, mm-hmm. 
but it was. Except that thing that is yeah. very personal to me, not to him. Sure. And hopefully he would understand that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you nervous before telling them? I was not nervous at all. I feel like, do you get nervous? I don't. I, you don't seem like you get nervous. No. You're a very confident person. It's the You're Isra- like, this is me. It's whatever. the Israeli yeah, it blood is. thing. Yeah. It's like, whatever. It's whatever. Me, yes. It's wh- who I am, who I am. I am who I am. And exactly. by the way, that was a song that I need, that I wrote about in my one of my classes in English. What, There's the song? a song, I am who I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is it from a musical? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, so that was my come out. The week later... There was the uh, end of the summer party for uh, the airline. Okay. And talked to Sammy, and he came to um, to Tel Aviv for one night for the party. And I came with him holding hands, and I came out at the party in front of everyone. I'm happy, I'm gay, and I'm staying here, and whatever did everyone just cheer and, and hugs and kisses and course. that it was like so much fun it was like so happy and so open and wow it was like really like a party it was a celebration coming out the, the party was like at the right place and the right time yeah it sounds very uh cinematic it was way. yeah it was i have like great pictures and um for him also that was the first time that he came out with me yeah um what a special so, day on so many levels. Oh, on so many levels. Did like, he meet your really family sp- while he was there? No. For okay. that, we had like a special event. <laughs> you don't want to do too much at no, once. No, 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 no. There is like a day for everything. But yes. He basically came to, um, he came to Tel Aviv just for one night, just for this event, which was very, very special. And mm-hmm. I, I realized, and that was like after four months kind of together, I realized that this is really something special that someone's going to fly from New York to Tel Aviv for one night just to be with me on my special day. Mm-hmm. That's so special. Yeah. What was the biggest thing you learned throughout your coming out process, you think? Um, anything you do need to be on your own terms, mm. on your own time. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let other people tell you what to do mm-hmm. and what is right for you because you know what is right for you. That's right. You are the only one that can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had friends, close, close, close friends that tried to help me come out and say, we know you, we know this is what you want, we know this is what I was like. They, they did the total opposite. They just pushed me to the corner that I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped talking to them about a lot of stuff because I didn't want to feel that they're talking about that subject again. Mm. But... When you do it, when you want to do it, the way you want to do it, that's your life. Exactly. You take ownership of it. Yes. It's like, yeah. This is my story. It's my life. Bada bing, bada boom. It's my life. It's now or never. I don't want to live forever. Is that Bon Jovi? Because that's that's that other word that you said today. (laughs) And I was like, what did you say? You're like, can you say it again? Yes. Say Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. There, yeah. <laughs> bon Jovi. I like how you say it better. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Um, I think that three months uh, later, after we decided that 
I want to move to New York. He asked me, do you want me to move to Israel or do you want to move to New York? And I was like, is that <laughs> yeah, a question? Yeah. You don't want to live in Israel. I'm coming to New York. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. I'll be there. Luckily, I had friends uh, that lives in the city that used to work for the airline. Now they lived in New York uh, and they helped me to find a job and the visa and everything that I needed. Mm -hmm. And after everything was said and done, um, we talked about that. He wanted to come and meet my family before he's taking me away. Um, so we did schedule. It was like a week of events. It was like a, a party. Did you, when you came out to your family, did you tell them you had a boyfriend? Yes. Okay. So they knew he existed and since day one. Okay. So, um, so the only part they've only known Sammy then in your life, essentially. Yes. That's great. Oh, it's fantastic. They yeah. love him. He's like their son. Yeah. Uh, he feel like they're like his parents. Um, they have a really great relationship, even though they don't really talk to each other because of the language barrier. That's how you know love exists between but them. Yeah. You need to see him and my mom, how they're talked with just their hands or the way they do things. And they, I can leave them home together. <laughs> just giggle and together. It, it was it was one time. I know I'm jumping forward, but there was a one time I left them when I went to college and it was like raining or whatever. So they didn't leave the house when they came to visit us in New York mm -hmm. and they stayed for a full day together when I went to school and I came back and then Sammy's telling me stories and my mom telling me stories. I was like, but how did you communicate? I was like, we sat down. He said this, I said that, I did this, I did that. And then we realized that this, this is the storyline. <laughs> And they went with it and they told me like stories, not one or two, like stories, like what they did a whole day and they communicate perfectly. Wow. It's amazing. They just have that connection. Oh, they do have the connection. That's amazing. Yes. How fun. So yeah, I came to Israel, met my parents, my brother, sister, brothers-in-law, nephews. So when you think about my nephews, they know him since they were like six. So they yeah. don't know anything else. So for them, gay, being gay or gay in the family, it's normal. Mm -hmm. They are millennials. Yeah. So for them, it's so whatever. Yeah. Did you and have anyone growing up that you did you know any gay people growing up? No. I didn't either. No. It was everyone was so in the closet, and I feel like in the last fifteen years there was like. A boom that everyone decided like to go out and do whatever they want because they feel more comfortable. Yeah, they feel more safe. They have more um, options of where to go, who to talk to, more clubs, more organizations, more Just people acceptance. to accept them. Yes, yeah. people to accept them for who they are and what they want to be, who they want to be. It would have been no so hard to be gay. I feel like back it's, even. 15, it wasn't 20 years a, ago. It wasn't an easy because think about it. I know myself since the age of 13. I know that I knew what I wanted. Yeah. And I kind of missed 15 years. I've lived in, in a lie. And I don't think it's fair for anyone. No, it does kind of feel like an unfair thing. But people can but, say that was my choice. Sure. But that was my choice because I fear that the society will not accept me back then. And they probably wouldn't have that. It, I mean, right. it, would, it would have been difficult for sure. Yes. And 
Yeah, you have to keep so yourself I feel, safe. I feel okay about it. I don't feel I miss anything because I did what I did even though I was in a concert. And it led you to good old Sammy. Oh, yes. You know? Absolutely. So they met each other. and then So they met everyone. He was so nervous. I, I can only imagine. Yes. And... Well, and then we went, I think, my aunt, the next day was my aunt and my cousins. And then the next day was my friends. And the next day is the other group of friends. And it was like, he was like, like in cloud nine. It was like crazy, crazy love. People love you without even knowing you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were also sad because they knew that this meeting that we meet everyone is going to be... Um, like I'm leaving. It's a farewell. It is. Yeah. It was. Um, so it was a bittersweet um, situation. And then two months later, I packed my bag and I moved to New York. Do you wish you lived in Israel still? No. No. That was quick enough to answer. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. And then in New York, you started working at the... The Israeli, yeah, the Israeli consulate. I was there for six years. I got a really good job, and I was very, very happy there. Um, and I got, I was a diplomat. Diplomat Ron. Yes. Did you have any pins? Did you have, like, was there any garb or clothing that went with being a diplomat? Does that make sense? No. Okay. It just gets discount on taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I take that over a pin, so that's, yes, I know. You should get a pin that says I have discounted taxes. Discounted taxes. <laughs> we didn't pay taxes in the U.S., so we pay taxes back for Israel because we got paid from the Israeli government. I see. And we didn't consider as uh, citizens; we were just being here on a visa. Sure, you're essentially working as an Israeli. Yes. Did you reconnect with the friends that you had made in the airline? Did you guys have like a group of people then in New York? When oh you first yeah, every time they came to New York, it was like, let's go visit Ron, and we used to go out and do all those things. I mean, I told you, I still have good friends mm-hmm. until today that they're coming over here to LA. Yeah. I still have friends from the Israeli consulate. Are they still working for them? No. So oh. one of my best friend is the one that moved from New York to LA. And because of her, this is how we kind of discovered LA. So we came to visit. We decided to move. Really? Yes. When and you when was that? That we decided to move. That was like in uh, 2017. Okay. Had you but not been to LA before? I've been in LA when I was a flight attendant. Oh yeah, because you would stay at the Mar- uh, that at the Marriott. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> By the Cheesecake Factory. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, but then I had like a good friend that she's still, two of them used to, actually three of them used to live in New York. Two of them came back to Israel and one of them is still living in New York. And we were like, my, she's my best friend. She was my family back then, uh, during the time we lived there, uh, during all the holidays together, uh, weekends. It, It was, it was awesome. You can, when you live abroad, you you create your own family, which is your friends. A chosen family. Yes, which is actually very special because you choose the people you want to be with. Mm -hmm. And I feel lucky to to have that opportunity to meet so many people, but to choose the one that you want to spend time with 
they want to spend time with you as well. What's your advice for keeping friends who aren't in your immediate area? Because you have a lot of friends that aren't in LA. Right. How, how do you keep in contact with all these people? How do you guys stay close? Um, take the initiative and call someone. Mm. Stop sending them messages on social media. Stop liking their picture. That doesn't mean that you're in touch. No. Call them. FaceTime. Send a text message. Are you available to talk? I want to share with you some good news, bad news. What's going on? I have friends really all over the world, and that's the way to keep in touch. That's what's hard about my generation is we don't do that. Like we don't do really phone calls, FaceTiming. It's it's too bad. You it have is. that that technology that can bring you together. And instead of that, you're liking picture. It doesn't mean that we're in touch. I don't know anything about you. And how you can tell that person that you know them if mm. you don't really talk. The human connection is something that it's more important than anything else. I agree. And if you don't have that and you don't see that person because you don't live in your city and you don't go out even once in a while, mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard. But, you know, we always say that the phone goes both ways. Yep. So you can call, they can call. And if they keep on contact, that's great. I have good friends that I can not talk to them for like six months just because, you know, life. Yeah, it but flies. But then when, the, when they call me or if I call them because I was thinking about them, oh my God, it's like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. It's like we were just together yesterday. Yeah. Those are, the special, yeah. those are the special relationship that you cherish for a long time. Yeah. I think you start doing that. Because what... It's I think gonna, all of us are longing change. for that connection. I know people my age group, we're all longing for that connection. But that, you're not trying enough. I honestly, I think it's a disconnect. I really don't think that we understand that it's possible. What do you mean? It's a phone call. Social media has really ruined how we like, perceive. Yeah, and so it's really ruined that. And so it's really just like reframing the mind that, you know, you can't have phone calls and FaceTimes and meaningful conversations. And it's the thing is that I know that I'm always telling you guys that, that mm -hmm. I feel young and that, and you probably think, oh, this old man, he don't know <laughs> what he's saying. Um, but we sit down at lunch and you're all surfing on your phones. That's What's what, the point of sitting together? That's what we know how to do. But it's so bad. Yes. Did, it, have you ever seen me taking my phone during lunch and surfing or playing my game? I'm engaging in conversation. I know. And I think it's so important. We said, you want to have lunch by yourself? Go for it. Mm -hmm. Have fun with yourself. Listen to your music. Surf like a million pictures. But if you're sitting with people, let's have a conversation. Let's talk. It doesn't necessarily need to be about work. There's so many other things. Yeah. Uh, and I think everyone can contribute to that. Yeah. It's, it's Unfortunately, we just grew up in... The world of scrolling and so I did too yes but i mean I in our adolescence like when we're like our brains are developing our we were de being developed on scrolling is how we fill time so what do you think will make the change to put this i think put this be, away i don't know if we can I, I it would take a lot of it takes initiative on the person unfortunately and as a collective whole i don't think it's going to change but i think 
each person can make that choice to do it. Yeah. And you just want to surround yourself with those people because they are there. And, you know, I heard about, you know, I don't have any social media, even my husband. We don't we don't have any of that. Um, And I have really, really good friends of ours that they used to have social media and they found out that they come back home and they're both on the phone and they go to a restaurant and they're both on the phone and checking and what what picture this one posted and where are they and what they're doing and did you see this did you see that and all the conversation is around the phone and you know what it is i was just thinking about it i think what it is is because we don't have those meaningful conversations with our friends that's our way of feeling like we're still connected to them but it's and it's it, fake. It's it, it is fake. It's very sterile. And it doesn't it obviously doesn't give us anything because no. we keep going back and scrolling more and more to right. keep finding this connection that we're looking for. And they decide both of them to cancel the social media. And at the beginning it's hard because you like to pick up your phone for every two seconds. And they discovered each other. Mm. And they're a very happy couple. And they're doing I, so much other than scrolling the phone. I know it's a it's a real problem. You know, in our days, everyone can make their own choices. Yeah. And you need to make the choice. And sometimes if you're going to go with your friends and while they're all doing it, you need to say something. Hey guys, didn't we supposed to meet to talk about this and that or let's talk about this, just leave your phone. I think the best game is that the first person to touch the phone is pay the bill. Mhm. I love that. At dinner? I always oh, yeah. win. I'm sure. <laughs> and I have so many friends. People will say, oh, because you don't have friends. So many friends. So many you do close have a lot friends, of friends and family that we do communicate a lot. And mm-hmm. they say, how are we going to communicate with you? I was like, call, text, FaceTime. The real stuff. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I hope it changes. It's up to you guys. That's true. You need to start with it. <sighs> You're right. And I, I'm trying. And I think there's a balance, too. But Of course there is a balance. I think we definitely need to get rid of the social medias for a bit. I don't know what it'll take, to be honest. Uh, be out there. Be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop looking on other people's lives um, while they're traveling so much because they got paid for it. It's not because they have the money. Right. Uh, why they have so many new clothes because someone gave it to them to post it. Mm. And, and people think that there a lot of people live this perfect life and you want to be like them. And it's basically just put you more de- depressed than you should be. Totally. Because no one's life's even as perfect as it makes it seem. You need to think about yourself. Would you post just a regular picture? No. You're going to be in a perfect place, in a perfect time, with perfect clothing and a perfect hair. So when you look and your best do time. like million filters just to make sure and move it and scan it and whatever and then you post it move it and scan it whatever you do move it scan it put it in an envelope send it yep everyone doing the same thing i know so it's basically not real you're not wrong oh i know it's completely fake i know i mean it's yeah it's whenever i hear whenever i talk about it i'm like yeah i should do it less so There's a lot I of will. other things that we can do instead of that. Yeah. Like and what's hard then, tennis, at least, <laughs> yes. we have a few challenges out there who have not <laughs> scheduled with us. <laughs> I think the problem, it, it gets hard because like I could do it, but then it's like all my friends are still doing it. And so it's, 
Yeah, then it becomes isolating. No, but the thing is that you need to tell them, if you want something from me, call me or text me. I guess that's true. It's You're just taking initiative. Take initiative. Like, yeah. You want to tell me they're just going to cut the cord and not going to call you? They wouldn't. That's the thing. Because they don't. <laughs> no one thinks to do it. But someone needs to tell them. I decided to change. And I'm now checking my messages on whatever app it is only on Saturday. During the week, I have other things I would like to accomplish. I have other people I talk to. You want to? You want something from me? Call, text. That's it. If they really want That's to true. be with you, and or call you or talk to you, and you'll find people that will give that to you. Right. Yeah. Maybe that will lead them to some kind of change. Mm-hmm. I know, Snapchat and. FaceTime, I don't know, all the other... Instagram? Instagram. <laughs> you know, Snapchat, not FaceTime. Not like me for saying that, but that's fine. No, it's... I mean, everyone knows it's true. That's the thing. No one's going to be like, you're wrong. Oh, no one's going to say Everyone that. knows you're right. Oh, I know. Especially I it's watch... An ad- it's an addiction. Like, I, they, I'm sure there is science on what it does to the brain. I think it really does trigger this uh, addictive thing where it's like we need it. Yeah, so. and and I watched um, a movie, a documentary during the weekend about um, the social media and uh, when Facebook uh, took all the information yeah. uh, from people and shared it with this company. It's called uh, The Great Hack mm. on, um, on Netflix. Phenomenal movie. You will never touch your phone after you see this movie. I'll watch it. You will not answer uh, any um, any questions that they usually ask you. Are you a male? Are you a female? Really? Um, where do you live? What do you like to do? They analyze everything. And, and they sell it. And they sell it. And they use it against you, basically. Yikes. And they take all your information. They found, you know, they filed lawsuits against them. Eventually, that company was closed, but... I'm sure another company will come up. They affected elections worldwide. That's so scary. Just because they know your information from Facebook. Mm-hmm. And your friends' friends. And your friends' friends' friends. And all those things. Yikes. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. Switching lanes a bit. Yes. <laughs> you became an American citizen. I am. What was that? That process seems so... Exhausting. Long. Long. Exhausting. But you did it. I did it. Um, It was like 12 years in the process. Um, And there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot to go into it. I think that at the beginning, when I worked for the Israeli consulate, yes, I had my visa. But when that contract ended... I basically needed to leave and it was really hard because now you I was married and I went to college in the US in New York and what do I do now do I leave all my life behind and everything that I want to do and want to be and take my family and that they are U.S. citizen and take them to another country. And that was mm-hmm. on the table. 
Where would you have gone? Back to Israel. Oh, okay. I didn't know if there was another I, one. I, Barcelona? I wish. Um, but then um, the announcement for recognizing gay marriage in the United States came. And we were like happy, like dancing on the roof. It was like insane. It's, it's nice to hear an, uh, a, like a real-time story of it not being accepted and recognized and then having it be recognized. Of someone that was in a relationship through all of that, I'm sure that would feel like such a win. It was crazy. Um, so before we heard that, I, was, I received um, a working visa, which is also hard to get. So it's a lot of lawyers and a lot of money and a lot of time and company that want to sponsor you. you it, it's really hard to find. Luckily, they found me for the skills or for the, for the work that I did. Um, you basically have 50,000 visas that have been awarded every year by the uh, United States government. Mm. And it's not a lottery, it's just to choose the people that have the best skills that are gonna contribute to the American um, economy. Mm -hmm. And luckily I was one of them, but it took a lot of time and effort. And a year after I had that, a year, a year and a half after I had that visa, uh, they passed the law for gay marriage luckily for us since we got married 10 years probably or eight years before that our marriage automatically was accepted so we needed to file all the paperwork uh, we didn't need to go and get married again because it doesn't right. make any sense um i remember that day um we we went down to stonewall mm because this is where the riot started mm -hmm. and this is where the gay rights started and you needed to see it was like in the middle of the week and all New York City, all people, especially gay, came down to party and they closed the streets in front of oh. uh, Stonewall in the village in, the, in Manhattan and we were like partying. I don't know how, they got like trucks with DJs and music and people were partying and it was like such a huge celebration. We were like so happy because this basically saved our life, save our marriage, save our relationship, save so many things. Yes, if we would not receive that, I'm sure we will still be together, but it will be much more challenging. Mm -hmm. But having this law pass in the uh, United States uh, Supreme Court was my first um, belief that this is the place for me. This I'm I'm I will be accepted over here for who I am. Mm -hmm. And that was a process, you know. Again, applying all the right paperwork, going through very invasive interview. Um, How so? Lots of questions, lots of personal questions. To get married or to no, file the paperwork? to file the paperwork to make sure that you are really married oh. um, for the right reasons. Was it because you weren't American or because, was it because you were gay? Um, the thing is that we were like really one of the first one that applied mm. because American could not marry in the United States. So they were just partners. 
Sure. So they need to go through the process of getting married. We already got married outside the country because we got married in Canada. Oh. So for us, it was easier to submit the application the, the month of. We didn't, so we were like really like one of the first that went through that process. Wow. And when the interview come time, when the interview time has come, we felt that it was new for them to interview two guys because it was like an immediately. Sure. You can apply immediately. You can go interviews. You can go do whatever it takes to get the green card. Um, the, but, but I have to admit they were like really really nice about it but you felt that it was new the process it was uncomfortable a bit it was a, a little bit uncomfortable yeah um, but since we were married like for eight years and they knew I mean they can see it on paper I'm sure yeah and we live together and everything that we do, all the financials and everything together, there's nothing to lie about. We didn't know that in eight years in the future, you're going to grab me a green card. Right. So it was a different process than people that probably just came in and say, hey, we got married yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so we went through that process and I got my green card, I think, like three months after. We have a video of me. So that I felt that what I felt that is home right now it's really it's really home. your home that would be I I was like laughing and crying and screaming and something that it looked so normal to everyone else to live here in the United States of America mm-hmm. to think that they are deserve it just because they were born here There are so, so many other people that fighting, sacrificing, doing, paying so much money just to live here Mm -hmm. and work here and pay taxes and do all those things. So for me, that moment was very, very, very special. That's an amazing perspective because that's something like obviously no American can understand. No, you can't understand. I, I want to say that. I want whoever, everyone who listen, I love living in Israel. It's a great place to live in. All my family live there. Mm-hmm. But it's like I found the love of my life somewhere else. So I made the sacrifice to move. And I wanted to work. This is why I was so happy that we didn't need to worry about mm-hmm. where we're going to live or where we're going to work and how we're going to work. Because we did everything in the best way that we can do that to make it legal yeah that i didn't want to be illegal or not even a day because i knew it's not going to be worth it it could be can haunt me along the way yeah and i didn't want that to happen no so we did everything by the book like everything and when that came also gave me the opportunity to go and work anywhere i want because now with green card options are endless it's endless opportunities Mm -hmm. and that was my first interaction with their hospitality industry Mm -hmm. it's not working for the hotels and that was pretty awesome yeah yeah what was your favorite thing about working the hotels (sighs) 
What's your best memory? The free nights. Your, yeah. <laughs> you have worked in great <laughs> industries where you get free things, the free flights, place. free hotels. Yes. What's your favorite memory from working in hotels? Um, Is there one day, one night, one experience I, that sticks out? Okay. We opened. I was very, very lucky to be chosen to be part of the opening team of the Park Hyatt New York, which is the flagship for Hyatt worldwide. And what does flagship mean? Like the hub? It's it's not the hub. It's like that's like their number one biggest beautiful place that they are the most proud of. Best of the best. Best of for the best. For that hotel, yeah. Yes. Um, so we worked on the, before the opening, we came there, it was basically empty. You need to hire all the employees, um, bring all the furniture, make sure that everything is up and running, train everyone. How many floors um, are we talking here? Uh, that was like 23 or 20, 23 oh, Just floors. a simple 23 floors. Yeah, out of 100. Oh, my goodness. That was one of the tallest buildings in New York City at that time. Wow. Um, and I think the greatest moment was the opening day of seeing how the amazing team what we accomplished opening a hotel it's an amazing 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 feeling really we worked so hard and then you kind of see the fruits of what you worked at yeah and you see the Especially team working and hotel. after training and that hotel um that was the first five-star luxury hotel opening in new york city after 12 years when the one before that opened so wow. there was a lot of anticipation um a lot of eyes everyone wanted to see it everyone wanted to be there so that was like the place in new york who was the most high profile person i can't that... really uh, i don't want to share names but okay. i can tell you that we have kings presidents Princesses, so you had like royalty. Stay. We had royalty. So like, screw celebrities. Oh, you had, we royalty. had celebrities. We had so many celebrities. Um, I met so many celebrities in the elevator, which was sometimes <laughs> awkward. Uh, I met celebrities um, in the room when we needed to do some things. I just don't want to say names because I know I'm not working there anymore. But I still feel that there is. It's a privacy some, thing. Some, a privacy, some level of privacy that I think that I should keep. I respect that. I, the one day I, when I. But I have to say that I've met Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to name names, but I did meet Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> She's amazing. She seems She's amazing. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite, I guess it's, it's a, it is a favorite story, but the day that you moved to LA, a lot happened. Yes. I don't know why, but I just think that day is just so it special. Was a special day. <laughs> and I want others to hear it too. Cause it's um so after I received my green card, I knew that we needed to wait something like five years until I can get or apply for my citizenship. Oh, so there's wow. a difference between green card. Green card you just uh it's like ten years or something. Resident. You can have it all your life. You don't have to Oh apply. amazing. Yeah. Uh, you're a permanent resident. Permanent resident means that, yes, you need to pay taxes, but you can't vote. And in case you did something illegal and you went to jail or something like that, 
you actually can be kicked out of the country. Booted. Yes. Um, not that I thought that I'm going to do anything, but <laughs> it's always in the back of your mind in case something happened. Um, I knew that it's, um, it's a privilege. Mm. And I worked my ass off to make sure that I'm um, working and paying and, and do everything like by the book. Yeah. Uh, and I was waiting. I was really counting down. Uh, for the day that I can apply for um, my citizenship, which I did, and then the wait was just brutal. I can't. I cannot wait. imagine. And every that day be... you check the mail, and every day you check yes. your email, and every week you check the website, and you check and you check and you say, okay, now I'm not gonna check for a week, and then you don't check for a month, and then you wait and you still wait and wait. I was waiting like for I think um, almost eight months or something like that after you applied after i applied and um we went to trip we went to europe um for like three weeks and then we knew after we coming back the next day we are packing our stuff and the day after we are moving to los angeles that was the plan everything was set work apartment everything and then uh, we came back from the trip when there was like tons of mail in our mailbox and we're going through the mail and I opened the one that I got from the government and it says there was that was Monday I think it says on Friday you are invited for the ceremony for um, the citizenship I was scream? like scream I was Jumping, I was cra going crazy. I just didn't know what to do. I thought, I felt like a really like on cloud nine. And I was like, but just a second. But the flight is for Thursday. How was I supposed to do that? Uh, and then I was like so happy. We were packing everything. Of course, we changed the flights. We changed everything. So on that day, on June 1st, 2018, 7.30 a.m. in the morning, I went and did the ceremony, and I swore. And you look so cute in your pictures. You're, you have your flag, and, I, and, I had my and your, flag. your smile and is just so my bright smile and big. Was like ear to ear. And they're singing. <laughs> what song are you guys singing in that video? It's like God bless America. There's another one too. It's like it's even, it's even cheesier. What was it? Um, God bless the USA. Wasn't it that one? Yeah, something like that. It was. Oh, we sing so many songs. <laughs> um, it's like being at church. <laughs> <laughs> and then that day that I sworn and I got my, it looks like a diploma that now I'm a, I'm a citizen of the United States of America. I felt so proud. I was crying like a baby all the ceremony. And my husband was crying and I have one of, my friends were there as well, and she was crying because everyone know that the process and the road just to get it, it was so long mm -hmm. and so much, so the process was like endless. I'm not talking about how much money I needed to spend. Um, but then nine o'clock, finished, went back to the hotel, packed our stuff, Got on the plane, left New York City, moved to Los Angeles. New home, 
new work, new friends, new life, new passports. On one day. All in one day. The emotion of all that, I cannot imagine. Insane. Insane. Happiness, sadness. uh, It was crazy. All of it. Live in the city that I lived there. You've been exhausted when you got here. (laughs) Oh, we were like so tired. Um, But, you know, living in New York City after 13 years um, was not easy. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I have a new adventure with a new home and new car and a new with a job. Because you didn't have a car in New York, oh, right? I didn't have a car. And you have one now. One that self-parallel parks. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, no. <laughs> no. We went, uh, we went somewhere for lunch today. And he put this car into an automatic parallel park mode. And I could not believe my eyes. It literally backed up. It did everything. And I was screaming. I could not believe it was <laughs> no happening. No way. No way. The steering wheel was like going crazy. <laughs> the car's like, I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Los Angeles is it's pretty amazing. Cool city. Very cool, actually. That's right. Very laid back. Yeah. I love living you, here. You fit I in well see, here. I, I see myself and I see us living here and for a long, long, long time. Yeah. It's the lifestyle. It's totally. so cool and chill. The and, beach and, and you the can beach bike. And the weekends and there is everything. There is things to do and people are so nice. They really are. People are so yeah. nice here. You haven't been to the Midwest, but... <laughs> LA is great too. It's a great thing. Yeah. Definitely. In your whole life. Yes. What what's the biggest thing what's the biggest word of advice you could give? Every like, in your whole life. What's the one Cuz you're such a happy guy. You're I, really you don't get down really. You're very good at just rolling with the punches. If something comes along, you're like, "No, well, because there is something stupid that I said, but I was like, it is what it is. If you can't change it, why fighting it? Mm. I I know this is very corny to say, I look at the ha- glass half full, mm. but it is. What's going to be the point of me getting upset? Is that going to change it? No. What's the point of me of fighting with something that I know that I cannot change it? I know other people are going to, Say that that's not true because this is how you change things. But you need to learn what to fight for. Mm. If it's worth the fight. If it doesn't worth it, just let it go. I, you know, not that I've been ever like sick or something like that or I had something like crazy going on. But until you're not have something that you usually have, Mm -hmm. you don't appreciate that. Totally. So I, I'm very appreciative for everything that I have. I don't take things uh, for granted. Because you had to fight. You had to fight to be here. I needed to fight for so many things yeah. that for other people look so normal. It's like, you need to understand that you are so lucky that you live here. You are mm-hmm. so lucky that you work here, that you have a job. Yeah. That you can spend time, you can spend money, you can go out, 
you are healthy, you eat, can do so many things. Think about just the day that you are sick and you have um, uh, like fever and you are in bed and your, th your throat is sore and mm -hmm. you're like throwing up and all those things. And some people have like major issues. Right. Some people don't have the money. Some people live in different cities that they cannot afford what we can. Some people don't have relationship. Some, so many things. But when you do appreciate what you have and you don't take it for granted, you're just happy. Yeah, it's of hard what to. It's hard to be sad when you look at what all you have. Yeah. And even if it's not a lot, at least you still have it. You still have you it. You still have something. Right. I think healthy relationship um, with parents mm -hmm. is number one. Family. Yeah. And spouse. So good. If it's good, it's going to affect you. Sure. If you don't have good relationship, it's going to affect you because you will feel that something is bad. It's not a friend that you can disconnect and let go. Family and partners and all those things are very important to stay aligned with everything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think I always look on a glass half full and it just makes do. me happy. You're always smiling. I like it. I think it's it's great. It's it's being very positive mm -hmm. about things instead of negative. It's very easy to go in a negative thing. Oh yeah, but when you're positive and you think about the good stuff, and positivity is so addictive too. Yeah, yeah. I I even can see it. I know that it, every team that I'm working with, mm -hmm. sometimes before they used to have like an abusive manager or someone that was always upset or have a lot of issues and things like that. It's affect the team. But when you are happy and positive and see things in different ways, affect the team that you're working with. Mm -hmm. Affect the team, affect the work, affect everything else. It, it's, it's like a, a snowball effect yeah. kind of thing. And that's what makes you such a great manager. Charisma, uniqueness, nerve, talent. Which is the acronym of? <laughs> of? Come on. I am not going to say that. <laughs> Think by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thanks for doing this. Of course, I love it. Is there I, anything you else know, you want I to could... share? Oh my god! Like how much time do we have? Um, something that I would like to share. Yeah. Since you have a microphone, oh, is there anything you want to sh <laughs> just yell into a mic? I don't know. I feel I kind of. You know, when you ask me something, I kind of let it go. I am not the one that hiding anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm very open book. I can tell you every, any, everything and anything that you want. Um, I wonder if you have any questions for me. I don't have any specific ones. I like hearing about your life. It was great. There's a lot more. We can do oh, probably sure. number two, three, four, five. Part two through seven coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. No, thank you for having me. It's I mean, cool. it's the first time I'm holding a mic for so long. Usually it's karaoke. <laughs> yeah. And after like, what's your three... go-to karaoke song? Do you have one? Like one of the Mamma Mia one, probably. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Like Dancing Queen, <laughs> Dana Nina. So me. It is. <laughs> we should do karaoke. That should be our next team. Let's outing. do a team out in karaoke. There's one in Culver City we can go to. Okay, but the one with the open bar. Course. Yes. Let's do that. Okay. I like it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
My pleasure. Oh, I wish I could. I wish that's something you could get on camera. <laughs> that's the the tink.